All right, listen, we got this badass here on the TV with us tonight, and I want to share him with the people. You're going to help me uh, talk to him about some stuff tonight when we talk to him? I hope so. You got the, you got the golden nugget. Yeah, man. he's the golden he, he thinks he's hanging with us all badass, and we're like, we think we're hanging with the badass. Yeah, right, we're like, we're not worthy. Super, super we're cool. Well, I'm fucking totally worthy, but, 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 I'll speak but for myself, he is super though. worthy himself. And let me get down to introducing him. Thank you, brother. It was great, great catching up. Our guest this week is, uh, has run and worked in many venues. He has toured and mixed, oh, God, over a better part of 20 years solid. He's a co-host on one of the best shows that uh, talks about the industry, in my opinion. That's um, uh, the guys over there at uh, Signal and Noise Podcast. They've got, I want to say, 130 episodes. I think they just hit their 500,000 mark with uh, the likes and the love. They get a very good uh, viewership. It's a great, great show. I suggest you check it out. He's the operation manager currently working at Gateway Studios Production and Services. And uh, we're going to talk to him about his history working and uh, doing what he does. It's the one and only Kyle. Brian, Turnside, how are you, brother? Yeah, man, That's hanging like, out. Uh, I love your guys' green room. It looks just like my house. Uh, <laughs> you guys set up everything perfect. I wanted you I mean, to be you comfortable. you guys even kind of cleaned up. Yeah, it looks nice. Thank you. Yeah. You have one of the nicest green rooms. I thought, like, Kimmel was good, but no, no, fuck that. that. that this, fuck. Is, this is the jam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're really glad you're happy. You left the whiskey I like and everything. That's crazy. <laughs> you guys really know how to treat some people. Well, Thank you guys for having me on, man. Like, uh, it, this is such a small community of folks, and to be able to jump around to four or five, six different podcasts with all the people that I've always looked up to is insane to me. Like, I I still feel like I, I talked to you a couple of days, and I'm just like, I feel like this crappy punk rock metal kid from St. Louis that grew up on the heels of all you guys. So, you know, Pooch and Raybold's back on. They they put out a new one today. Uh, you guys are are rolling every week. Like the MXU dudes had a rap bus, bro. I made I made two best friends and Chris Leonard and Michael Lawrence, and I could not be happier right now it's like uh the light shining down dude whatever ha whatever i did sorry but it it kind of it's starting to work out man it's uh, good i'm really thanks really, for having me on no uh, it's an absolute pleasure and i'm so glad that things are working well for you it seems like the covid thing had uh, made the world kind of closer in some ways with the technology you know we all just some of us folks that have a lot of access to technology and smart youngsters around that know what the hell to do with it uh, yeah man you know we just started reaching out to our friends and then Start bringing us all together, and like you said, it's uh, it's been it's been really really nice, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more with some of the heads that we are out there. I don't feel like I'm not sure. I want to get your take on this. I don't really feel in competition with Pooch or, or Tater and the other guys. They've been on the show, you know. They're my brothers, and I want to support their show. And hopefully, you know, we do this. Uh, Chris has been on the show, and I'm I'm hoping I'll get Michael on someday soon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a little fascinating, a lot of fun, and. It's also neat we to all, see our different approaches to it, you know? Yeah, and, and, and we're all doing different stuff, which is really yeah. cool. It's like you can you can grab so much different things from all the different audio podcasts are out. Like I even did Sound on Sound with one of my friends, Greg, who lives above me in Iowa. And it was just cool to have like different rationale and different ways of going things like when you were telling me oh we we wanted to be like the jimmy carson variety show for for the industry that's exactly what we need man like um 
in in Putin Raybould do a lot of teaching and a lot of technique. That's right. And MX MXU same thing. Like they're into technique and technology and moving forward. You know, we we do a lot of things where we try to go out of the box and do theater and. Uh, broadcast. I mean, um, Jeff Holly from Allen and Heath kind of uh, on one of our podcasts said this thing where he's like, if you sell a music stand, you're in the music business. That's right. And, and we kind of took that to heart where everybody has a, a map to where they want to go. And maybe that map is just selling guitars at guitar center, but Hey bud, you're in the music business. That's right. You are. That's right. And, and now we're all accessible. Dude, I get to watch Greg Price talk about consoles and Raybold and are you kidding me? Chris from MXU, like those dudes are masterminds. And when we were kids listening to punk rock and metal, we had to figure out on our own. And it was standing behind the guy at the console at the show. Do I want to watch Chuck Billy from Testament or do I want to watch the guy mix it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it was a hard decision for us kids when we were young. So yeah. the accessibility is amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a time when that standing behind the shoulder and watching things, they, there was guys that would run you off. They didn't oh. want you to know their shit. There was a time yeah, ran off. when it was a secret sauce and like, and, or like people would initialize their boards before they would go on. And, you know, if you were sharing some festival type setup or multi-band situation, um, yeah, it was it was a thing, and now I've I haven't seen I don't think there's anybody I can think of that plays that shit anymore. Uh, I got Brad Maddox in here. This is Russia's guy. Twenty three years of Russia. I mean, come on, you know. And, yeah. and I can tell you, go up to Brad Maddox. I did three hours ago and have a talk with him about some mixing philosophy and some you know uh, use of I think in this case we were talking about reverb and uh, you know and get right in Brad Maddox's head and he's sitting here just offering up his his special uh, approach to a thing like that it's amazing yeah. it, 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 it's we've actually legitimized a job and I probably spent my first five to ten years of my career trying to legitimize my job to my parents you know because yeah. At some point, we were just roadies. You know, you could go to school for broadcast and studio work, but you couldn't go to school or have a learning facilitation of live audio. We were just roadies. Yeah. And um, I don't think anyone realized how hard those roadies were working. They were setting up the PA. They were driving the truck. They were running their own cable. Like, they were building scaffolding. You know what I mean? So hats off to those pioneers that kind of paved the way to where we're at now with technology. Like thank and and I will say this, Greg Price showed me one thing and I will never forget it. He showed me good cop, bad cop. You probably oh, yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And immediately after he showed me, I went and tried it on my next show and I failed miserably, but I kept trying. Yeah. Yeah. I love that shit now. Yeah. Yeah. It's an acquired thing. You get it when you get it, you know? Yeah. No, no. It's funny. We were talking about, I can't, I probably shouldn't come into Yes. That came up today. I <laughs> came up good cop, bad cop came up today. It's one of his favorite techniques. And, um, and you know, I'm glad that you enjoy Greg as much as I do. He, to me, is a national treasure and a friggin' brother and a half and probably one of the top three engineers in the world. Enough said. Love that, dude. Hey, listen, yeah. I'm really digging what you guys are doing over there at Signal to Noise Podcast. You, Chris and Thank Mike, you. you guys really have, you seem to have a camaraderie, a, a chemistry. I know that you guys have become quick friends and that uh, you, you were doing the show without having it 
really had even met each other completely. And you got together, and I watched the whole kind of incarnation of that. It seemed so natural, and like you guys were just like brothers. And I really enjoy what you guys are doing. How did you get hooked up with the boys from City London Noise? So Keith Clark from Pro Sound Web, Live Sound International, mm -hmm. um, did my first interview for Mix Magazine when I was a, I, I was a kid. And um, he kind of broke me into where I kind of was laying out this thing for my career. Like I always thought um, I was just going to be, you know, the house guy or um, touring a van. And that was the thing that my parents like legitimized my career. So down the road, I, I meet this kid named Mike Lawrence. And I think I called him Matt Lawrence a whole bunch of times <laughs> the first time I met him. Um, but we did this student summit at a university here in St. Louis. I had moved away after, after a while of living in St. Louis, every kid's dream is to move away from where they grew up. So sure. I went to Phoenix, I went to Las Vegas. I spent a lot of time out there in the desert and I'd come home for this Webster University student, AES student summit. And uh, Michael was on a couple panels with me and I was always late. I was always that dude. I'd had to crack a joke before I sat down, you know, and me and him just hit it off. And he was like, holy cow, you're the Midas guy. I watch your videos on how to operate the pro series. And I was like, yeah, man, that's me. You know, I didn't think nobody watched those things, you know, or whatever. And we started talking and he was like, Hey man, I want you to come on the podcast. And he talked to Keith and through some fandangling, um, that ended up being Keith's last episode. And it basically brought me on as a, a host. It was, it was like episode seven and, um, the dynamic changed. Like you said, it did. Um, M Michael is super smart. Yeah. yeah. The, he is brilliant and he likes to prove himself right or wrong. And he likes to do that with everything he does. And he's very tactile. He's very, he doesn't make a move unless he knows he's going to make that move before he does it. And I am the exact opposite. I, I'm a painter. I like to go outside the lines. I like to put colors there that are not supposed to be there. So him and I, started interviewing people and and even in our interview process it became um a good way to keep people engaged i think because um the variety of people that we started to get on like we had howard page that dude used to make me sweat like he'd come out to my shows and sit behind me and i'd i'd have sweat rings like i'd be constantly <laughs> moving because fucking howard page is sitting behind me yeah and yeah. get that way and, around uh, buford jones <laughs> oh, dude same way like I know and mean, uh, we we kind of got to a level and then chris was was cool because he kind of came in with this whole like vision because he had listened to the show and he wanted to take the marketing a little bit different and we all know that the trade magazines have kind of went by the wayside. Like you still get, get one. It sits on your coffee table in your waiting area. Someone will pick it up and look at it before they get called back to hang out with you guys. Okay. But digital media and podcasts and videos and 
that had started to take over the industry. So Chris had a lot of good background in that stuff. And he's also worked for MSI in Maryland. He did some touring. Um, He moved over to Philly to work for IMS. And like you said, man, it was, it's so weird because we were just talking about this last night. They're my best friends. Like, and and I've only been in the room with those dudes once. Yeah, I know. Once. And we have a text chat that goes back and forth. Like they're texting me right now because they're watching the show. But sure. um, it it's it's amazing the dynamic that we can come up with. Now we're at like one thirty, and I go back through and I listen. And sometimes I feel like I, I become comic relief because these guys get into it. You know, they yeah, they I've, know I've what they're the doing. Show. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like that. I think it's good. And you actually do <laughs> so, you do serve as comic relief in some cases. That's for real. But yeah, you also bring a lot of deep shit too. Yeah, and, and they said that last night on the show. Yeah. They were like, man, you got to give Kyle like about 20 minutes and then he's going to come up with some really prophetic shit. Yeah, it's true, <laughs> dude. I've watched the show. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, it's cool. The dynamic, but, is, the, 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 the energy between you is, is, is real. We never imagined this fence. Yeah. Like I watched you guys. I still watch you guys. Like you... Kyle, you see me chime in, like I'll, I'll jump in every once in a while and come yeah. back and watch episodes and stuff. Cause you guys are doing a lot of my heroes as well. And I listen to our show and I'm like, wow, it actually sounds like we kind of planned this thing out, but we don't. It's like us dudes sitting around talking and we realized with this platform and you can kind of see where I'm going is, yeah. um, I saw this button on Facebook and it was like, Hey, do you want to create a program so people can like use mentorship? And I didn't really think about it. I was like, yeah, why not click? And by accident, we came up with a mission that we're going to kind of help change the face of way audio progresses. And we, we want to be a part of that. Just like Greg is with those girls from Wham that came in. Yeah. Um, just like Aaron Land, who I, I called you up and I, I vouched for. And I was like, hey, yeah. man, I got this girl. She's, she's a, she wants to be an SE and mixer. And, you know, what do you think? Like, He's talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, she's, she's really talented. Yeah. Good kid. It, and, and that's what we want to do is we want to help place these people. Because, like you said, we used to walk up to front of house and we get shoot away. And it yeah. was disappointed, man. Yeah. It, it really was. And to be able to give the kid the good cop, bad cop, and I'm talking about me <laughs> right now, yeah. give that kid good cop, bad cop, you just armed them with a weapon, yeah. a weapon that's going to give you merit in this business. And that is way more important than anything I've hung on my wall or sat behind me or said or whatever, sure. is being able to give those kids uh, an ounce of merit so they can go and prove themselves and, and get in this business and do better than we did. That is a very, very kind approach. And, um, you know, it's, it benefits us all, you know, at this point of our, our careers, I know that I, I really know that at some point I'm going to need to sit myself down in a chair and watch from a distance. And I really love what we do. I believe in what we do. And so I think it's, um, it's incumbent upon us to impart the things that we picked up in the many decades and uh, share that with the younger people, and that's what we're doing now. That's the that's the gray hair stuff. That's it's part. It's our yeah. job. It's 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 what we're supposed to do, you know. And so 
I'm, I'm very grateful when I get an opportunity like you and you call me up and say, hey, there's somebody coming to your area that's qualified. I, I feel good about this person, you know, give them a shot. And we did that and it worked out real good so far. We've been very pleased. Unfortunately, she does have COVID right now, but but um, she's she's not, she's fine. She just had right. a, a quarantine situation, but yeah, worked, it's been worked out really good. Um, what do people have to do? So basically you're saying signals and noise. You started a mentorship program with your podcast and your podcast mates. And by that, accident. By accident. <laughs> I saw that button too. That button with kids coming up on my groups. And then I, and I just think to myself, yeah, you don't have time for one more thing. <laughs> no. And, Running and, and a business dude, and doing a show and trying it, to be it, in a it, love life and, you know, the best woman in the world, you know, all that. I, I get it, dude. I'm a dad. I'm, I'm going to be a soccer coach here soon. Like I, I have other agendas, but like I, if, if, if those folks that I mentioned from all the other podcasts are watching the show and you guys included, if, if you need to get somebody where they need to get, get them over to us because we smart. brought on a bunch of our guests, yeah. um, Andrew Stokely, who mixes um, the Blue Jays and uh, the Maple Leafs yeah. audio engineer from Canada. He's taking on mentors. Uh, Chad Olick from Fallout Boy is Jesus taking Christ. on mentors. Chad's doing um, that? That's yeah, awesome. So That's awesome. We've, we've inspired these guys and girls who've been doing this for a while. Michelle Sabachik, um, Carrie Kyes, like... Sure. If if we can place somebody, like Michael has always had this theory, growing through this business, that I'm if I have a question, I'm just going to call him. Like, yeah. and he has no barrier. Like, oh Howard Page, I'll find his phone number and I'll get a hold of him. Like, and it's it's worked out for him. And yeah. we're using that. I I call it myself because because you know the dynamic of the show. Yeah. It's my friendship program yeah. because these. I'm not mentoring these people really. I give them the information they need and then I get something back from them. I talked to um, this girl, Sam, today. She works for SES Systems in South Carolina and she's actually just got a job with Claire. Oh, wow. Um, Good for her. So she's leaving in a few weeks. So she called and we chatted today and um, she really gave me something back out of our conversation about faith and moving forward and staying positive. And so I'm not calling it mentor. I'm not your mentor anymore. We're just friends and this thing's going to happen and we're going to get through it together because I need their feedback as much as they need mine. And um, that's how I approach it. And, and, and it's worked out. We have over 40 pairs right now, wow. of mentors and mentees. That's great. Uh, we do it through the Facebook group. We do it through, Phone. I, I don't like emails or like not a fan shit. I, I like phone calls. Call me. Sure. Let's talk. I'll right. sit in my truck and smoke yeah. my vape pen and we'll, we'll hash it out. Like, um, and, and through our discord as well has, has turned into something great. A couple of our, um, co-hosts that we bring on Willis snow and Hannah Goodine, um, have now went from, working at local venues to production companies to touring with great acts. Uh, Hannah just got a job with rational acoustics. Are oh, you great. kidding me? Very cool. Like, um, so it's working. Yeah. So uh, I want to encourage like everybody uh, we will find a way to handle it. Like if, if I'm busy, Michael can talk. If Michael's busy, Chris can talk. Yeah. And then, like I said, we got a laundry list of guests that have been like, you guys are really doing something cool. 
And now they're jumping in and helping us out too, which is thank you for that. Holy cow. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. If um, people are out there and they're interested in finding your show at Signal and Noise Podcast, you can get it pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. Do you have a favorite show, a guest that you just love? Do you thought the show went perfect and one that you could recommend them they go see if they haven't seen it yet to get a sense of what you guys do? Um, I don't know. They're all... you got some like great shows, man. Bits and pieces. Like, I have my fanboy stuff for sure. Um, Carrie Kai's She's is good. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Holy cow, Howard Page show. Yeah. Um, Andrew Stokely... The, the guys who did, I can't name them right now, but they did Hamilton, the tour, mm-hmm. um, just different aspects. Like we had a couple RF people on there that are insane. Um, but one of my favorites, okay. And, and it's probably going to be a little bit narcissistic, like you said, but um, we all got to sit down in Dallas and kind of yeah. go over uh it was for the church facilities expo and That's right. we did a live podcast from there and we actually had all our folks, um, Samantha Potter, who uh, does a church sound podcast. And she's also yeah. one of the customer support people at Allen and Heath. She was there. Um, Keith Clark was there. Uh, Hannah was there. Uh, wow. Oh shoot. The dude from um, electrosonics. Real gathering of the tribe. Uh, so that one's one of my favorites because I got uh, at the end of every show, Chris came up with this thing. He wanted to basically ask everybody, you know, what they want their legacy to be. And um, he'd never asked Michael or himself or me about it. And uh, I like that episode because I got to be honest with everybody and I, I want everybody to hear Michael being honest and Chris being honest and myself being honest, because I think that's really the moment when I looked at those dudes and I was like, holy shit, these guys got my back. Like I felt like that punk rock kid standing outside, you know, meeting up with his boys to go in and mosh and have a good time and try to headwalk and try not to get kicked out and save your boy from getting kicked out. Like I had that feeling again at almost 50 years old. And it was, it was, um, it was enlightening to me. So uh, the Church uh, church Facilities Expo podcast, I think it's like 110 or something like that. Yeah, it's over 100. I know that. But yeah, I know the one you're talking about. That one, that was a, that was a real love fest. I, I highly yeah, recommend man. that episode too. Good for you. Anybody that you haven't been able to interview yet that's on your wish list? Um, I got a couple coming up and one is super funny. Uh, you might even know him. Uh, Jason Petrie, uh, he's the house engineer at the house of blues orlando he's been there forever but his nickname is baby food do you know baby food <laughs> i don't think i know baby food i'd remember Never met him i'd remember the baby food thing <laughs> and, I, and i and i just set him up today he actually works for um he freelances for rat and he was the front of house dude on one of the main stages for warp tour for like 2005 until the end wow so he was the dude that you would go and get passed off to at front of house for warp tour for from 2005 until whatever like i, I guarantee you i've met this guy then there's yeah. no two ways about it i did tool stuff with that warped i suicidal with warp no no yeah i've met him yeah 
Yeah, so so he is the dude. So if you're on that Facebook group, uh, Sleeping Roadies or the Roadies Sleeping one, yeah, he's he's one of the dudes that always gets picture taken of him sleeping. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That, that's just like really he, he's my he's my dude. So right on. Um, uh, who else? I mean, we've had Scove, we've had Greg and and Maddox, we've had. Raybold, we've had Pooch, we've had Tater, like yeah, you guys are killing it, Carrie, like you uh, said, yeah. The my my new favorite is um, Brandon Blackwell, Ooh. and and Brandon is mixing um, Kendrick Lamar, yeah, and okay. uh, he's just a kid, and his ideas and the way that he thinks is amazing. Like I think. Everybody should listen to the way he he talks about his map. Yeah, that was the episode, what, two episodes ago? It was really recent. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good episode. I took a lot from that. Holy shit. I I texted Chris after the episode, and I was like, Chris, tell Brandon I got to talk to that dude. Um, He basically started as this kid in New York City that would go out and help out an MD that was working for American Idol uh, and – he was literally the tape down the set list guy. He was the um, towel guy for the band. And he ended up starting to mix monitors because some awesome. guy failed. And now he's doing Kendrick Lamar, like one of his favorite artists. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. That's our artist. That, yeah, that's, he's one of our clients. So, I, um, yeah. Um, amazing. Very so, cool. Huh? Uh, Brandon Blackwell is probably, and, and the cool thing about it was, is, the emotion came out of that kid. And I think as much as ones and zeros really are important in our job, like I said, you have to paint outside the lines. And I think all of us at some point are artists and that kid paints outside the lines on purpose. And I like that a lot. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Check this out. You guys go check these shows out there. They're fascinating. They're, They're a good watch. There's a lot to learn in there. And some really imp- uh, fun information being exchanged. Uh, you came to my shop one time. God, this has to be four yes. years ago, three, four years and ago. You had delicious food for us. When you guys were talking about food, I was like, "Holy shit!" We, I, you got some sandwiches for us from a shop down the street, and then uh, late night, you got was it Mexican food? I think it was it Mexican. Was like, yeah. Dude, it was ridiculous yeah. good. We did the oh big God. ranchero place, you know, over there. Yeah. 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 If you hang out with the Edwards brothers, they take care of you. They always hook up Dude. the food, man. That's very, <laughs> they're very kind of you. you know, my mom always said that the way to a person's heart was through the food. And I, I think she's right. But you came in with Bose. Talk to us about, was that where you were working with uh, Kalinowski, Glenn Kalinowski at the time? Yeah. So that was a strange one. So, yeah. and, and here's, was my thought process. Uh, I was with Midas for a long time as a manufacturer and I was still going out on tour. I filled in for um, Bob Cowan and Jim Rose going out with Melissa Etheridge for a little bit. That was super fun. Um, And I got this offer. uh, Uli Berenger made a lot of poor decisions, obviously. I mean, and, and let go of a lot of people. So (laughs) it has got the director laughing. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like the people that he had working with him was like heaviest hitters in audio for, for Midas, Tannoy, Lab Group, and like some of the most iconic brands ever turbo sound like in its day. That's fact. And, and, um, I didn't understand how manufacturing worked. 
And I had to call a bunch of people. I actually called Graham Hendry, who worked for Tannoy forever. And he was like, mate, Kale, you're going to have to, you're still going to Infocom. And I was like, no, man, I'm not. I don't have a console anymore. I don't have nothing. (laughs) And uh, he was like, mate, that's where everyone gives out their CV. And I didn't know that. And um, some of the folks from Music Tribe went over there. Um, Ivan Schwartz, who is an integrator, amazing dude, used to work for Midas back in the day when XL3 and XL4 came out. Yeah. Um, Van Williamson, who was actually my the guy who hired me. David Sherman was working there at the time. And here's the thing. I didn't want to have to go to another console manufacturer. I didn't want to have people question my integrity if all of a sudden I jumped over to Allen Heath or Digico or yeah, Avid sure. or whatever. Like I wanted to do something completely different. So loudspeakers was this thing. And I was like, um, like I told you before the show, it was like, I'm, I'm, they're just this thing and there's like processing and they all sound pretty good. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> um, it, I never really got into loudspeaker technology. And here's the thing. I started with Bose. And I told them, I was like, you know, I need to have something here that makes me have a passion for the product and the people I work for. Because everyone's like, oh, it's all highs, no lows or whatever. I mean, everyone has their little yeah. snitty snit snit yeah. on the whole thing. But it was much like Midas when I started working there. No one had flown a PA before. No one had worked a rock show before. Like, um, no one was really in the touring industry. I mean, David Sherman, obviously, but, um, in his capacity as business development or whatever he was doing at the time, um, he wasn't really in the technical side of it. So, um, I kind of got hired at Bose for a secret and I can't talk about that secret cause I don't know if it's ever going to happen or if it just got lost, but one, I started to hear about how Bose worked as a company and how they were owned by MIT and Dr. Bose left instead of leaving the company to um, his kids or the family, he left it to the university and um, the work ethic of those people at Bose is unlike I've ever seen in my life. They, they understood family balance they understood people make mistakes. Like they have a library in Framingham, Massachusetts, that if you make a mistake, you don't get in trouble for it. You don't get in trouble for it. You just don't do it again. You go to this library, you write it down, you write down what the solution is and it goes in a library um, in, in the Bose library. And I kind of took a hold of that and I was like, holy cow. So now I have to listen to this PA <laughs> and I've heard awful things about it. I got to mix on one when I was in um, the UK one time and they didn't let me fly my PA and I was super angry that day and it sounded like garbage and um, that's all I could think about. And I, and I flew this PA up and I messed around and one of the guys that I was working with had messed around with some of the settings and he was a local audio guy, but he had an engineering degree and he also flew planes and everything. So he was really into fixing it to the way it needed to sound. And we got it up and this thing actually sounded pretty dang good. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And um, so for the first, I was only there four months and in that four months, I drove to every shop I possibly could and flew this PA up in front of industry professionals like yourself that would probably made the saying, I'll 
all highs, no lows. Uh, lows. <laughs> but but I kind of I kind of freaked some people out with it. Like people actually went, hmm, this isn't bad. Yeah. And uh that made me feel good. And it made me still have the connection with the friends that I had made from touring, from working at Midas, and everyone kind of understood it there. They're like, oh, Kyle's just doing the next thing. And then COVID hit and everything shut down and I was unemployed. And um, Bose is great. Uh, they had a project in the works that I was kind of hired for in the first place. And uh, I was really looking forward to that and it never fruitated. So I ended up working at Home Depot and I'm not scared to tell people that because no. sometimes you got to do what you got to do to put food on the table. Uh, yes, sir. And that's what I did. Uh, I went back to my punk rock roots and I sucked it up and I put on an orange apron with Kyle on it and I worked in the garden center for six months. Good man. That's what a man does. Yeah, man. Take care of your family. That's that's why I'm here now. Like they I moved good. back to St. Louis to be near my family and watch my daughter grow up and that's my job now. Like, it's not about me anymore. Like I'd love to go mix a show. I'd love for someone to call and be like, Hey Kyle, do you want to mix so-and-so? And I'd be like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he said sheepishly. Yeah. You can don't, see he's jonesing a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that loud. My lady will hear. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't want that for you, man. I don't want any trouble for you. Well, you know, I wanted to drag you around and talk to you about, I have all these questions. And I know you mentioned that you guys kind of uh, wing it and that works for you. I do a similar thing, but I need outlines, you know, to keep me on track. You know, I want to get some targets in the, the interview. But at the same time, I don't live by them. You know, I don't, I'm not going to lock this in like that. So you brought yeah. up an interesting subject. You brought up. So we mentioned it a little bit before, like working in the shop situation. You know, I know you're new. It's at, uh, remind me what the name, Gateway. Gateway. Um, Gateway Studios and Production Services. Yes. And it looks like you got a pretty good operation going on over there. Um, and um, talk to us about the transition between, like you mentioned, you know, you kind of missed the days back when you were out with Jet, which had to be a shitload oh, of man. fun. I mean, it's Holy Jet, cow. you know, they rock. And or oh. Panic at the Disco or Fallout Boy. I know you were with them for nine years. Um, and now you're kind of doing the house cat thing. What kind of transitional issues have you had with that? Um, different, for sure. And the, the, the cool thing about it, and this is the way I looked at it when I heard about it and I did a little bit of research because it was really quiet and hush-hush for a while. And like even people in St. Louis weren't really talking about it. There, I was working for um, Chip at Logic and Bob at Iron Man and still doing my freelance thing around town at some churches and helping out with my friends do some install. And I heard about this thing come up at um, Gateway and... I, I met this this guy and his name was Chris Clark and actually Dan McLaughlin from um, Luke Combs. He's their RF tech and sure. monitor assistant uh, told me about it. He was like, dude, you got to call Chris. And I was like, who? He's like, oh, Chris Clark. He used to work for Morris and Spectrum. He's a system tech. Like, you're going to love this dude. Yeah. And I called him up and he kind of gave me a brief rundown of what was happening over there. And he told me what he needed which I thought was really cool. He was very, very intricate about what he needed from 
whoever she was going to fill the position. And um, uh, I told him, I was like, hey, man, I've never been an audio operations manager. It, my shop capacity is either walking in as the touring guy to prep my stuff or walking as the freelance guy working for you guys to help me get stuff out the door and get caddies filled and load trucks and, you know, count cables or whatever the case may be. But as far as being um, the manager of a department um, at a production house, never done it. And I don't, one of our episodes, someone said, sometimes you don't have to hire, you got to hire the right person, not the right person for the job. And I think that's what Chris did. He, he saw my work ethic. He talked to me on the phone a few times. Like, um, I checked his background. I was like, holy cow, he did Thomas Rhett and Hosier and he was SE for Spectrum and, and Morris, which are like super reputable in the country market. Like Morris is um, huge. Morris is big, he, you know, Kenny's place. And he he worked with Kenny. Um, he was recommended for the position by Dave Haskell. Like wow. you can't deny the 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 situation and um I talked about it to my damn self and I talked about it to Chris and Michael and I was like, you know what? This is perfect. I get to go home. I mean, I'm sure there's days that I'm not going to get to go home all the time, right at four 30 or five o'clock or whatever. It's sure. just, it's a rock and roll show, you know? That's right. So, but my bed is only 20 minutes away from the shop That's right. and my daughter is only 20 minutes. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's pretty it just priceless. made sense. And once I started there, I started to recognize the vision of what they were trying to complete. And it touched me differently than stuff has touched me. So this challenge, and you're one of the person, people that I called about it. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, my, my question to almost all the ops guys that I've been talking to, I was like, hey man, if the wheels weren't turning, what would you do different now that you could have done back then when the wheels weren't turning? Yeah. And, and I've gotten more smiles and more callbacks just from friends because I asked that stupid question. And um, I feel like the mentee and that makes me feel good. Like it's something I don't know. Like I, I can learn how to mix a console. I can learn to set up a PA. I can learn to wind a cable or pack a trunk or whatever. Sure. But um, I want to, I want to take folks, I, I have a passion for St. Louis. I really do. Um, this town has had its ups and downs in sure the entertainment world and it's a glorified C D market really is. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this opportunity uh, they're not really playing in the local market. We're not really playing in the net. We're not really playing in any market just yet. What we're, we're taking our time and making sure the right people are doing the right things and, the right pieces are getting in the right place before we start just throwing it out there. And I can't find one company on earth, especially like I have friends that buy led walls. And as soon as they get the led wall in, they got to send it out like immediately it's, it's out the door. Yeah, wow. And it here, we're actually bringing it in. We're teching it all. We set it up, we tag it, we scan it, we put it in an inventory. Um, and and it's relaxing. Um, That's right. It's just a, it's it's a it's a great opportunity. Um, they're yeah. building a 
132-acre facility right now that's going to be opening in 2023. And Which type um, of facility? Like a stadium? Uh, so it's going to have three, what, what they're calling studios. Um, one is the size of a football field with a grid. Uh, one is the size of a arena with a grid. And then one is the size of a, a large theater with a grid. So um, it'll be opportunities for bands, no matter what provider they use, to be able to come in and set up and rehearse. Um, and, kind of a multi-use space. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like a, the Rock Lit It situation. Where That's what a, I'm yeah, imagining. So, Pretty cool. But they're also going to use it for um, video, TV, movie. So the vision is further than just the audio ops guy and uh, being in on the ground level. I think there's only like 50 employees there possibly um, between the two shops. One houses audio fabrication and rigging where I'm at. And then the other shop is uh, lighting and video and operations. Gotcha. And um, some stuff is going out. We did our first show, uh, which is cool. Greg Price will get this one. You can ask him how it went. Um, we did uh, AT Live in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, was the first full package of stuff from Gateway that went out. Wow, and cool. So the first night was headlined by George Strait and a bunch of country artists. And then the second night was headlined by Metallica and a bunch of uh, rock artists. Yeah. So um, that was kind of our trial debut. And Very cool. I, I heard it went well. I just prepped all the gear and sent it out the door. So yeah. it's different for me, you know, like. Yeah, you'll have to rely on reports from now on. <laughs> yeah. Every so often you got to show up, though, and, you know, make somebody kiss the ring, you know, just like, you know, just let the boys know you get in the field. No, I'm I'm blessed to be where I'm at. And I, it, I get to walk in and see Dave Haskell walking around. Um, Trey Kerr, who is the lighting or the video director for Fish, hangs out. Like, and he's cool. also the CEO. Like, we have a caterer. It, it's and insane. Like, um, everyone is really, really focused on this thing being operated correctly, and uh, I've never had that opportunity. So th it's all new to me. I'm, I'm, I'm like the new kid in the shop. Um, it's fun. It's super fun. It sounds like they really got lucky. I think they did hire the right person for the right job. And it sounds like uh, you're taking to it really well. Is there, uh, you, you have your standard question. What would you do differently if you could do it again? Is that more or less the question? Um, yeah. If the wheels weren't turning. Yeah. You know, cause, time cause permitted. I, yeah. Like going, I used to go to, um, you know, sound image down South sure. and, and, and see everybody prepping. Like the last time I was down there, was Joel Lonky was there. Greg was there. Yeah. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Shadone came out and hung out. Like, um, but I, I'd walk into a working shop and I'd see that. And I did it at Claire Brothers or at Claire Global too as well. Um, you know, with my providers, Greg Hall and Justin Weaver and those folks up there. Yeah. It was like, I, I already saw everything in motion, how things come in the door, come in, go back through, go to storage or, or whatever it is. So all of those folks have been kind of an asset to answering that question of the wheels moving. So I'm kind of like living in a, in a living Excel document right now. My <laughs> warehouse is, uh, no, I don't like this box here. We're going to put that over here. We're going to move the racks. Um, 
we had an awesome fabricator. Uh, his name's Kenny. He worked down at Spectrum and Morris for a long time. So he's built a lot of really cool things for storage and accessibility and Perfect. keeping things damage free. Yeah. And uh, I, I, Chris Clark, I cannot say enough about this dude. Like it is show day every day for him whether he's in the shop or the office or out on the gig. Um, he's one of those guys who just took a hold of this business and is going to really make an impact on the next 10 years of audio, which I think is amazing. I, to, to even work with that guy is like, I, I want to be his head for one day and that's it one day. And then I want to go back to being Kyle because that's just funny. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got good leadership and you got a good uh, situation behind you, in front of you, all kinds of good work. Um, any questions that we can help you answer? As uh, you know, you got Kyle over here. He's a he's a pretty mild mannered little guy, but but Kyle's history is that he used to run Spider Ranch. Spider Ranch is quite the concern up the way, and of course, I've had a little uh, tenure. And um, is there anything that we can? Uh, any questions or any things that you get, come straight to your head? Kyle, do you got an answer to that thing? What you would do differently as a as an operations manager uh, from your history in the past? Oh my God, that, there's so many. Of see, them. I see. I'm not very. <laughs> there's so many. I kind of blow through I'm, a problem. I'm totally... that, that Kyle needs to hear from you because Kyle is taking in information to to uh, you know expose to his situation and see what works. You know, and he's trying to make things. He's lucky enough to be in an early stage in a thing where he can kind of create it to be what he wants it and needs it to be. Yeah. And insights from a person like yourself or myself that's had that's taken this you know something from the floor up and has a successful operation. Maybe we can share with him and we're running late on time well, but we need to have I'll like say a, this I'll say this one thing I will know is that I was in my early 20s when I was doing this and Kyle was a bit in uh, older and maybe could see the a b c and d <laughs> a little bit more clearly than I could um but I did it, I mean it took me a while a lot of it was just like learning as I went and kind of figuring out what was appropriate timing for everything sure as sure. he's more discussing, like, getting the proper crew in, which is, is so critical. You might have the right guys, but they have to be in the right roles and doing the right thing to function in a team properly. Right person, yeah. right job. And but, but maybe I think he's also thinking about locations of things, you know, operational, situational situa things. Oh, yeah. Don't put heavy I'll, things probably, up that you have to pick up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the one thing that's really bothering me right now is D-Prep and getting it ready to go back out yeah. when it go when it goes to the shelf like it, do you guys have a staging area that it goes to before it gets put back into inventory oh, yeah. absolutely and, and see that's what i'm setting up now is i'm like all right when it comes back in the door yeah. i'm going to have a lane that's yeah. going to be my d prep lane it doesn't get scanned or put away until it goes through this procedure yes. and um i'm going through that and i'm trying to weigh what is the most important uh, D-prep item that I need to get back into the shelves first. Like speaker boxes are easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you put them in the amp, you, you test everything. Yeah, you drive them you know, real quick, yeah. Yeah, you drive them real quick, you scan them in, you make sure it comes in, and then you push them to their location. But the D-prep and the re-prep of like work boxes, it's, it's forever changing, you know? Mm -hmm. And Everyone has their list of items. Oh, SE workbox, front of house audio engineer workbox, monitor engineer workbox. Mm -hmm. You know, those things are like 
do they really need 24 reams of double A's? Because those are going home, <laughs> going into somebody's Xbox controller. Fucking I, it, you know what I mean? I know do, what you mean. They, yeah. Do they really need no. eight rolls of no, they don't. that tape? <laughs> so. And, and and no. doing the fine thing with the expendables and mm-hmm. you know hey we're putting tracking on a hundred dollar microphone but how are we tracking the two hundred dollar DPAs that are super small you know what I mean like yeah there's just That's like a, and and then cleaning protocol like oh, yeah especially with COVID I know things don't live on the things like they they originally said but <clears throat> giving that added protection and know that it's it's sanitary for use like we use a lot of things that our mouths get on or our ears get on that's right and um that that those are my those are my things and the gear hasn't went out enough for that to become an issue yet but i can see once the wheels start turning yeah uh someone's going to be doing a work box and they're going to get busy and they're going to do half the generic ears you know what i mean like yeah can't have that happen because no. i don't want someone pulling out ear boogers on a show site yeah it's well, so, later. so it's like <laughs> i look happens. at it as because with spider they've had the theory of like no like that's the expendables need to be minimalized or minimized as much as they can be to what the need is where really the issue was that i thought the issue was was getting somebody that cared about the gig and the role that they were feeding, like it was theirs, you know what I mean? It's like loaning a buddy a, a wrench or something. It's going to come back all beat up or whatever else. They don't put it away. It's like it's not, they don't treat it like it's theirs. Right. And that's really when it comes in. It's like, yeah, you have all this overhead. It's You're, you're responsible for it. You might not need all eight rolls, <laughs> right? Yeah. But you try to set the guy up for success and give him a little bit more than what he needs and he needs to be or she needs to be responsible enough to know and take care of it like they would if it was theirs well i i so i'm going to jump in here on this one so so i would say somewhere between the two of you uh of course you're going to try your best to get this all handled in the hiring process meaning hire the best people they're the most straightforward honest going to do the right things I don't necessarily think when a roll of uh, gaff or some e-tape or some batteries necessarily turn up missing. I think things go in pockets and you're running from trust to fixture to whatever. And they end up there and somehow they end up in that big pile of pins. And uh, you know what I mean? You know the one we all got? You know, you know, come on. And so I don't think it's like that. But but if you create an opportunity (laughs) where they can keep going back to the to if they set it down, leave a, a half a roll of something somewhere and then they're closer to the utility box and they know there's four more rolls in there. You're creating an opportunity for me to spend a buttload of money and create irresponsible behavior. So if you create the boundaries, rules, and limitations, we all thrive on these. So you create boundaries, rules, and limitations. So if I, if I know a show needs four rolls of gaff, I'm going to send them with five. I'm always putting in a, a, a measure of backup in there. Like we call it the get-out-of-jail-free case, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but only so much. Because the shit's expensive. You want people to learn to be responsible, to utilize the resources you're given. And of course, like he said, the key word, and I couldn't agree with this more, is that we're always trying to set our people up to be successful. I want them to thrive out there. I don't want them to job is hard enough. I want them in the unique conditions we send people out. And we send to every kind of conceivable condition. Uh, we're a full active production house. But, but there is a responsibility to, to, to Dave Shadone. 
to my brother, the boss of here, you know, that we're spending the money well. And at, as, so I do control the expendables. I absolutely control the expendables. The batteries, the, they all are in the locked case and they go out and they're issued as, as needed. And the guy can tell me, I, I need four bricks. I've got, you know, 20 channels of wireless and, and I'm gonna trust him to that. But I also know the four bricks are out and I'm kind of doing some math my own self. And, you know, three hour lifetime on the batteries, blah, blah, you got 20 channels, you're gonna do a, you know. And so I expect a certain amount to show back up. Yeah. And now I don't remember ever climbing up anybody's ass about where's all the batteries. <laughs> no, I, <haven't. laughs> I don't really do that. But 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 there is a so it's a little bit of a push and pull between management and the employee and the needs of the show. And you always want the needs of the show to take precedent, of course. But but you also don't want to give too much rope to people because they end up hanging you with it. Totally. And yeah, so I so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little cautious about that. It's that particular subject. I'd love to schedule a meeting with you if you if you got time somewhere coming in the near future for an hour on the phone in the conference room and me and and Mikey here and uh, uh, me and Kyle and Mikey get together with you and we just like shoot the shit and, and talk about process and procedures because our property we've we got quite a few of them because there's so many things that come up along the way that you have to you realize I need to have an SOP on this I need a standard operating procedure and that way everybody's really yeah. understands what's required of them and what your what my job is to do what I'm supposed to be providing and it makes it a lot simpler and that way we can all be a little more harmonious so yeah there's I, it's a tricky job I, I love the way the department works right now because we all kind of live within the checks and balances of of each other like i don't have people that go and disappear and then come out and um like everybody jumps in and does the thing yeah and 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 that's what's really cool so we're setting a standard of hey man i'm not going to be in this office chair like we're all going to do this thing nobody's too good to you know wind up some cable and and put it get the deep prep been done like so i kind of want to keep that standard throughout the employment as well is is like hey man we all we're all in this together if 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 rigging needs a hand and we need to pull some truss in or sort some steel or burlap yeah you're not cool enough just to never never no i'm with you completely that's the first guy that uh might not make it back on the schedule if i catch that behavior you know it doesn't matter what department you're in you're on a show site and stuff's getting tore down and you got an open hand you need to fill it with something that's just that's the brother sister system i mean we got that's just how yeah, it is that's that's we'll the right thing up. to do hey man i really want to thank you guys for having me on because i i i did a thing the other night with the guys and and i told them after the show i was like i'm really nervous because um I feel like I'm still a student at this. I really am. I'm going to be 50 years old this year and I'll be doing this 30 years professional this year and um, I'm doing something new and I appreciate what you guys do for the community just like you appreciate us and Absolutely. the Raybolds and the Pooches and the Taters and the MXUs and the Roadie Free Radio and the Sound Girls and the Wham. Like All of them, yes. We, it, it's so it's good community. amazing to work together finally and and not go all right kid get away go push that case you know like yeah um because sometimes i still feel like that kid that's told to get away uh but i know it's not happening anymore so i don't have to worry about it but thank you you for what you do with the community on facebook thank you kyle for helping vince out over there and mike i know he's behind the scenes right now couldn't do it without these two we appreciate you so much and it was such a treat to have you on the show my friend please keep making great uh, entertaining tv over there with your friends we love those guys and what you're doing 
couldn't appreciate you more. And come and, do the show with us, man. You home, know, I, I owe you one. <laughs> you <gotta laughs> yeah. bet on it. And then, show. And then I've been Kyle on the show. Is one too. <laughs> uh, Kyle owes us one too. Like we I gotta would, have the double Kyle show. Oh, yeah. oh dude, I would love that. Uh, oh, yeah, he's one of my be other favorite me. episodes. <laughs> we, we had we had another Kyle on the show and. And Michael was like, oh, I guess you'll be Kyle number one. And I was like, no, I'm Kyle number two because I'm the fucking shit. Yeah. yeah, boy. yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong, brother. All right, you people. You can check out Kyle pretty much every week. How do you guys put your show out? Is it, does it have every a day? Wednesday. It comes out every Wednesday, huh? Okay. That's every a Wednesday. really great show. I can't say enough about it. It's very entertaining every, each and every time. Please reach out and uh, avail yourself to this, you guys. Thank you, Kyle. It's such a great, just really a treat to have you on. Let's talk more in the following week. Does that work for you? For sure. We're going to reach out to you. you guys, man. Appreciate you, you, brother. You guys are doing it. Send your love to your your, your brother podcasters. Tell them we appreciate them. And uh, They're watching right now. They were keeping tabs on me. I know (laughs) know they've been chiming in (laughs) in the comments. Right on. Very cool. Thanks again, my friend. Take care. Have a great night. Thanks for staying up late with us. Thank you, guys. All right. Be well.